welcome to The Player's Voice, a podcast brought to you by the Gaelic Players Association in collaboration with Real Talks. My name is Alan O'Mara, a former cabin goalkeeper now working as a performance and wellbeing consultant. As host of this series, it is my pleasure to introduce you to our next guest, Lisa O'Rourke. On May 19th, O'Rourke captured the hearts of the nation when she picked up the gold medal in the light middleweight division at the World Boxing Championships in Turkey. This was the 20-year-old's first ever appearance at the World Championships. However, she is anything but an overnight success. Earlier this year, she also won at the European Under-22 Championships. We talk about life lessons learned from her climb through the boxing ranks, the benefit of having a sister, Aoife, who is also an Olympic boxer, and why she still makes time to play inter-county football for Roscommon and help them to win the Division 3 National League title this season. This podcast is brought to you as part of Bio360, a GPA program that empowers inter-county players across four key areas, life skills, well-being, dual career and transitions. Please go to bio360.gaelicplayers.com to learn more. But for now, please sit back, relax and enjoy the player's voice with Lisa O'Rourke. First of all, Lisa, just to say thanks a million for joining us on the Players Voice podcast. I know this is this is episode 10 of the series that we've been doing now. And over the last couple of months, I've got to chat to people from various different backgrounds, from All-Ireland winners to people who've played professional sports in Australia. Um, but I suppose you're the first world champion that we've had <laughs> on the series. And I suppose my first question for you was, have you got used to being called that or how is how is that tag being following you around? Um, no, definitely. I do forget myself that it was the world, to be honest. It hasn't really fully kicked in, I suppose, but um, it was my first elite international. So to know it was the world's and that I became world champion was massive. And yeah, no, I definitely do forget myself. And just even when I remind myself I'm a world champion, it's crazy. Like, it's just mad. <laughs> It's like obviously winning that achievement, Lisa, like you join a list of, I know there was Katie Taylor, Kelly Harrington, Michael Conlon, household names, and then obviously yourself and Amy Broadhurst won at the same time. It's pretty esteemed company to be to be sitting in. Yeah, definitely. It's it's a privilege to go down the history list alongside Katie and Kelly, of course. Um, But uh yeah, it's an honour to be beside their two names. They're two top class athletes. And then, of course, now beside Amy. Um, I suppose Amy's been one of, been there since I entered the high performance. So to be see her win too was was great. I was delighted for her. And like, has the has the scale of, of what you achieve really sunk in yet I know we kind of touched upon it there but I'm sure people are talking to you about it all the time and like has it has it hit home for you yet kind of what you what you achieved as an individual uh probably not of like how big it is and um, because like even myself I'm getting back training and my sister keeps saying to me Lisa you're just after winning the world so will you take a step back like and enjoy it but um I suppose I just want to nearly get back to normality but um yeah I definitely do forget that how big the world is and 
I probably keep thinking that it wasn't an elite and that it was an underage because I'm just not long up from the youth competition side of it. So, yeah, I definitely would forget. <laughs> and how did, how did you find that jump then from... Because you were at the European under-22s earlier this year, right? And you won there, correct? Yeah, I won in March. Um, they were in Croatia. I missed out on them last year. I was entitled to go last year, but my sister went to Tokyo and I was invited to go to the training, the training camp in Miyazaki as her um, sparring partner. And if I, I knew that would hopefully benefit Aoife with me sparring her that and all that. And I wasn't going to miss out and I would have loved to help her, like especially for the Olympics. So... Um, I had to pick between the two and I chose to go to Miyazaki and uh, then this year I was determined to win my under 22 All-Irelands and hopefully then get, I've gotten picked to go and then I got selected and it was actually got team captain as well alongside one of the lads Jack Marley and um, the two of us ended up winning gold me and Jack so alongside um, Nife as well. So it was a very successful trip. <laughs> yeah. Uh, incre it's, it's incredible, you know, and like, I suppose jumping back in there to to Tokyo last year, um, like what was it like going with your sister traveling in that situation to support her? And for anyone that doesn't know your sister Aoife was there competing in boxing in the Olympics. What was that experience like for you? Um. Definitely it was a big step up to go and be alongside some of the top boxers in the world. Like there is plenty of countries over there and to watch them train and even spare a few was definitely a huge benefit to myself to get that experience. And uh, yeah, training alongside Aoife to have a family member is definitely an advantage because um, especially when you go along long way away from home and you're gone for a good while um, it's great to have her by your side and then be beside each other while we have this journey like for the boxing yeah and then was has she been able to return the favor to you in any way in the last couple of weeks and once obviously you were there helping her how has she been a supporter to help or helped you in the last couple of weeks dealing with all with all that change <laughs> or all that you've accomplished yeah, no, she's been, she's given me heaps of support and she's been my chauffeur plenty of times, bringing me <laughs> here and there. So I definitely still owe her plenty and yeah, I'll get her back, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like, just the, just from listening to you there, Lisa, like the last year then, like you've got to, so you got to travel with the Olympic squad as a sparring partner for your sister and kind of contribute I suppose from a personal perspective, contribute in that way, but also you're getting to kind of soak up the experience, see how it all works. Um, I'm sure it added to you and it kind of, and in some ways you're there in a non-pressurized situation where you're not having to worry about compete, but you can really soak it up. And then you take that experience to go and go compete in the Europeans then as joint captain. And then it leads into what happened in May in terms of winning the world championships. That's quite the, quite the wave you've been riding there in the last 12 yeah. months. Yeah, it has been a great um, last last few months. But um, yeah, there still is good days. and Obviously, you'll have the bad days and that. But um, no, I definitely can't complain about these past few months. Yeah, I think like 
you, you mentioned bad days there too, Lisa. So I suppose like one of the questions I would ask is like, it's very easy for me to like look at the kind of top level achievements there and say, wow, that's great. I'm sure that's been a fairy tale 12 months or a couple of years. But what has been the challenges in that window? Like you, you mentioned the phrase bad days there. What has been the challenges within that time window as well? Um, there's like, I lost my leads in November or October last and um, like I was just you were just like so upset and you didn't know what was going to happen from there and um, I lost against Evelyn Lee Garrow from, Dun- from Dundalk and um, I knew I didn't perform I knew a lot of things weren't right at the time and I suppose I suppose that's why I should have been easier on myself when I knew I didn't perform and all that uh, but uh, then I met her again in the under 22s and I bet her that time so I probably gained a bit of confidence but you definitely have bad days mm. where you're in the gym and you're just not even in the mood to train every athlete has them days but I suppose I'm lucky to have my sister too where the days I'm not in the mood she's trained she'll motivate me to to get up and get at it and likewise I do the same to her so yeah and then you said that coming back and winning that that fight the second time around, that gave you confidence. In what way did that help kind of grow your confidence or give you that sense of belief? Was it from the performance? Was it kind of the result? What kind of gave you that that shot of confidence heading forward from there? Um, Evelyn's a top girl. She's she's won world medals at youth. Like I knew, I knew she's a she's a good athlete. Like. Um, so I suppose beating her and um, just making a comeback, I suppose, from the elites, from my, I was really disappointed with that performance. So um, to show the coaches that I was, I, I, that wasn't me on the day, that I was a totally different boxer after the under-22s was just a big thing for me. And I didn't, going in probably to the under-22s, it was a big thing just for me to perform. I didn't really... Um, regards the outcome obviously I wanted to win but I felt I was going in as the underdog maybe a small bit and she had something to prove again to try and beat me so she'd already beaten me once so it was me catching her kind of way yeah and did that did that underdog mentality kind of suit did that does that suit your personality kind of the place you were coming from is that something you would have like leaned into and used as a motivator for yourself um yeah, I always, I didn't want to let her away light anyways, but um, I definitely would settle the nerves, I suppose, a small bit, but obviously you still have that hunger to go out and win and you weren't like going to let it away easy, whatever way it went. But um, definitely it probably does ease the nerves a good bit, but um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Reflecting back to what we just talked about there and kind of what's happened in the last couple of months and particularly in the last year, take us inside then kind of your mindset of the of the world championship fight, like you're heading into a fight to become a world champion. Where is your where's your where's your mind pre fight, kind of what's going through your head in, in that window? Um suppose the main thing was to try and keep my focus, especially when Amy was just a fight about uh, above me. So she, before I went even in, she had already become world champion. So I could watch a bits of her fight on the 
uh, TV in our warm-up area. But um, I was just trying to keep the head and all that. And um, I suppose even when her hand was raised, it did give me the hunger to want to have that feeling too. And um, when I had come so far, I wasn't going to like... I didn't want to give up now at this stage. I was like, I'm here now, give it all and leave it all in the ring. And then the outcome will be what it'll be. Um, but no, the main thing, the coaches even just kept saying to me, enjoy it, enjoy it. And um, that was, yeah, and just try and execute, I suppose, the tactics that were given by the coaches and uh, do them as best as I could. And then, yeah, so I definitely had nerves, but um, uh, they, they kind of hit me when I'm walking out and all that very badly, but... Um, I don't be too bad warming up and all that, but obviously you always will have a few. Um, but I suppose there's not really, you don't really get benefit from nerves. So I try to stay positive and yeah. <laughs> and like you, in terms of those nerves, Lisa, like how do they, how do they present themselves for you? You mentioned there, it's, it's kind of on the walk out more so than, is it like than being in the room behind or being in the ring? Is it that kind of in betweeny phase that gets where they present themselves strongest? Yeah, I suppose it's just from the moment I'm, they call the ring or the flag leader would be calling us um, to walking out. But as soon as the bell goes, they're gone. Like, okay. um, it's like, and then every time after the fight, you're like, why did I have them nerves? Like there, there was nothing to be nervous about. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's just the lead up to hearing your name being called out and then seeing the other opponent coming out and all that, like mm -hmm. just put together. So it's like a kind of a pre-performance anxiety that builds up. Yeah, yeah. And, just, and do you yeah. have any like strategies that you find helpful or that gets you through those when it when they enter? Um, no, not really. Just mainly deep breaths and control my breathing was is the main thing Brilliant. for me before a fight. Um, but yeah. Trying to recenter. Yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously, I, actually, I'm going to jump back a sec because like, I, I'm yourself and Amy are like are you too friendly outside of the ring in terms of like on a personal level like would you regard would you are you friends yeah definitely no Amy has been to Ruscom and we brought her on a few day trips down here to <laughs> the countryside taking her out so um no we will be close and I think she's even coming this weekend to catch up a bit so she will be myself and my sister and um, we'd be all very friendly well, a lot Unreal. of the girls were. We all get on great. It was actually um, a very enjoyable trip. The world's like all the girls yeah. got on very well, and we bonded a lot. Yeah. It must have been such a, I suppose, such an interesting experience, then, Lisa. When like, so you've got your world championship fight coming up, and you know all the, of us coaches or psychologists will be getting the zone, like focus on yourself and focus on your breathing. But obviously then subconsciously or consciously part of your brain wants to see how your friend is doing because she's in a similar thing going for the same high that you're going to be going for. So that must have been a kind of a strange emotional and mental kind of little whirlwind to manage, was it? Yeah, it was definitely nice to see Amy do it because it was her fifth world championships and she'd never medal. She always... Um, narrowly lost out on the quarter final every time so she okay. was definitely um, well deserved it 
and uh, it just shows you like never give up no matter mm -hmm. how many times you fail really just keep pushing yourself and you will get rewarded yeah no it's incredible and as you said for someone like amy there that that perseverance and that persistence and grit to get ultimately what it is she wanted and, and have no doubt has worked so hard for and then i kind of i'm kind of thinking here in some ways you're like the complete flip of that and then that you've come in for for your first what well, it's your it was your because it was your first worlds right yeah. um so what's going through your mind then or take us inside your mindset into, into that, the final round and then kind of the, the home straight of of the fight itself where's where's lisa's brain and head taking her are you someone are you in deep thought are you in a flow kind of what's give us a little insight into kind of what's happening there yeah so at the start i was just concentrating i suppose on what the coaches the tactics they've given me and just keep it simple and do what I would, what I'm good at, like my best, and then um, I won the first round three two, and then I knew it was close. Like she was a very tough girl, definitely the toughest out of all my fights. But then that's a final for you. That's the way you want it. Mm. Um, so yeah, I won the first round three two, and then going into the second, she kind of was getting the better, and uh, there was a Algeria. Um, judge didn't really he gave me a 10-8 which I no one thought it was 10-8 but anyways I think it was him trying to get back at us from Amy beating the Algeria in the final but I could <laughs> be wrong too but then anyways yeah I knew I had to up it in the third round and I just wanted to empty the tank and I suppose mm -hmm. uh, thankfully it was enough and I came out on top but um yeah, you kind of know yourself, like, what you need to do, but obviously you listen to your coaches too. Um, yeah. And as soon as that... And for anyone that's not sure, so it's three, round, it's three rounds, Lisa, right? Three, three minutes, yeah. Yeah, three, three minutes. And then tell us about that That bell goes on the, the third minute of the third round. Like, how clear do you hear that? Kind of what's going through your, your brain immediately as that sounds? Yeah, so um, obviously I knew I won the first and I didn't do as well in the second, but uh, I I knew I had a probably the best out of all the rounds was my third round, and and obviously I trust my coaches. Um, I knew by their reaction I was like a bit more I suppose confidence that thing I had it, but boxing is a sport then at the same time you just don't know you don't know what the judges each judge is different like what they're looking for and you know they're seeing it from different angles too but um I I was confident but I wasn't overly, overly confident I suppose and okay. um yeah but then when then I suppose the MC was dragging it out she was saying his big um introduction before the announcement of the winner so that didn't help either. It was kind of building <laughs> up the tension. But um, then finally, when my name was announced, it was just the best thing ever. It was definitely the highlight of my career so far. So, um, yeah, I don't it'll be, it's definitely the top. As yeah. <laughs> and what are those, like, when it, when it gets announced and it gets confirmed, what are those feelings that come, that come rushing through you? What's the, what are the ones that are most prominent in that moment? I just like couldn't believe it like to just do it at my first ever international at elite level was just 
out of this world for me. Like I never expected it going. And I always wanted to top the podium at the Worlds, but I never thought I'd do it first time. And um, I suppose it just shows you you shouldn't, you should always believe in yourself and uh, have full confidence. And if you have put in the work and the hard work and dedication, commitment, that you will get results and yeah, never doubt yourself. I think there's, I mean, that's such good advice for, for a lot of people in a lot of walks of life. Um, but what when you said there that you know you didn't expect it, and I know I listened to yourself and Amy talk on off the ball as well, and you said that you know you didn't expect to get there so quick. What was causing that feeling you that you you were going and not expecting to win ultimately? Because that's kind of what you're saying there that it, you, yeah, it was somewhat um, of a surprise to you. Am I um, picking that up right? Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely was. Even my family was. <laughs> but um, uh, just I suppose like. Knowing it was my first elite competition, like our international, and I was young and I was lacking in experience. And I know I went to um, Tokyo and I had a few elite top like class bearing, um, but I just I just know how hard it is like at that level and how good girls are. And like I was against Olympians against to like top girls like girls that have won their continentals, so. I knew I would be up against the best. So I just probably thought I was lacking in experience and didn't have probably the most one-to-one -one with my um, high-performance coaches um, as you'd probably like going into the world because I I didn't get no, told that I was going. We were in a training camp in Italy for two weeks before and we flew from Italy to Turkey. So um, I got told like a week before um, we left Italy to go to Turkey. So I probably, I was focused going to the assessments. I was probably okay. a bit unfortunate that I was still doing assessments at the training camp. Um, so then when I got told I was on a high, but then it was to focus on the worlds. Yeah, so um, I don't know, just probably just lacking in experience and... Mm -hmm. I was my main goal was to soak in as much experience at the worlds and and make it as an advantage for future competitions. And then, like, if you so, and I'm sure lots of people had you'd heard lack of experience mentioned, and then um, you if you saying lack of one to one time because you're still going through a process. So then, on the flip side of that, that's some of the reasons why people might have said you can't win or won't win, including like yourself at varying times. What do you put your success down to then? Like where, because like I mean, wins like that don't happen by a fluke, and it's not like it's a one-off fight. Like you've got to go through a couple of rounds and a whole tournament. So, what do you? And I'm gonna say on the being able to look back now by a couple of weeks, it's not like you're looking back forty years here. But um, mm. what do you put that? What do you put that down to then? Um, I suppose just hard training, like, uh, doing it when others mightn't do it, the training, like, like my sister and myself could train three times a day. And I suppose mm -hmm. we train a lot more than people think. And, um, we do be told not to train or whatever, but sometimes there's no holding us back. And, um, yeah, I play a lot of sports, so I'm all on the go with the football as well. So like... I think it is hard work, like, and you're just getting paid off for it and putting in your best ability every time. 
you do something and do it correctly. Don't be half hours doing it kind of way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know I do probably mostly hard work and yeah, putting it all in. Uh, how much of a an asset is it to have a, an Olympian of a sister who you can get into the ring with, you can practice with, you can train with? You said there three times a day where... And you, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but sometimes I would perceive boxing maybe a lonely sport where you're doing work on your own a lot or with a coach. But to have that, I suppose, someone who, who you love and have a deeper connection with, to be kind of a partner and a collaborator with, that must really add value to the to journey you've both been on, does it? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I look up to Aoife a lot, like uh, just even seeing how much she's achieved in a short amount of time too. And... Uh, yeah, having her by my side is definitely a great advantage. Um, and training with her, like she, she's no better woman to have beside you pushing you along the way. And um, like if you see her training, I'll be like, Jesus, I need to do some too. And vice versa. Um, so it's definitely even like we could be doing the pads or tech tac, like we can call each other at any time and we'll fit it in at some time of the day. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, no, it's definitely an advantage to have a sister, especially when we're similar in weight. So neither of us are battering the head off one another. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, it's great to have Eva by my side. Not in and the ring, anyway. No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and I suppose then just kind of before I, you, you mentioned football there and before I kind of move on to that, Lisa, how important is that win for you in terms of like the next phase of your development and career? Be it, I know I had read different articles and there was mention of like there was actually a, a prize purse for winning the competition, but also in terms of funding that frees you up to sustainably train and practice as a full time athlete to, and to give it. And what it sounds like to give it your, which which you're already doing, but to give it your best shot and be able to dedicate your time and energy to advancing in this. So how important, like what does, for someone that's listening that maybe doesn't know the ins and outs of, of boxing or how the those funding programs work for Olympians, what does that actually mean tangibly for you? Yeah, so even though I had won the under 22 medal, it still didn't um, clarify me to get funded Box Sport Ireland. So it definitely is, a bit of relief knowing that I've uh, secured my spot for next January to get funding and I'll be able to give my time fully to boxing and not having to worry financial wise Mm -hmm. and um, yeah so that's great relief and then obviously the prize money is a bonus but um, we haven't seen that or heard anything about it since we left Turkey and that's no (laughs) word of a lie and God only knows how long it could take but um, like Amy said, we'll believe it when we see it in our account. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we, yeah, we won't be making any now wish list or that because we could be paying people back harder, could be harder than Anthony. But um, no, it definitely is a relief knowing you have that bit of funding beside you and uh, it would help. But um, if the money wasn't there as a prize money, we'd still be doing it like we'd none of sure. us ever... Like looked for it, but definitely is a huge help. Yeah, and does that? What's next? I suppose in terms of that next phase, Lisa, is that is like is Olympics a realistic thing on the horizon? Now, how does that work in terms of different weight divisions and 
transition. Oh, you mentioned your sister there who's in a similar weight bracket. How does how does all that work in terms of your own aspirations and goals? Yeah, definitely the Olympics is the ultimate goal for me. Um but yeah, my my weight isn't I Olympic weight. It was up until this year or up until Tokyo. But um I can still the qualification systems are different. There you can still qualify at the likes of mine and Amy's weights for the Olympic weights, but that depends if the others have qualified at the actual Olympic weights, if you get me. Um, but there definitely will consider changing weights, probably dropping down more than likely, because Aoife is obviously above me in the Olympic weight, so, and we won't be fighting. <laughs> People keep asking us whether we'll be fighting, but definitely not. Um, is that mommy, decided by the Olymp the Olympic Committee or Mammy? <laughs> that's Mammy. That's Mammy. Yeah, no, Mammy has, has a big word in that. And um, you wouldn't like to vex her. <laughs> um, I know, um, no, we we wouldn't do that to each other. We don't think it's fair sure. on either of us. But um, no, like, I'm just going to enjoy it right now, the celebrations Brilliant. of the world. And then hopefully we'll be all going to the Europeans in October and take it from there. Like, there's plenty of time. So um, what will be, will be, and we won't, we won't, you know, yeah. Oh, brilliant. Um, I suppose then, so as the European under-22s were in March, right? And then the the World Boxing Championships were in May and then am I right in saying in between that you squeezed in a couple of National League games with Roscommon as well? Yeah, um, a lot didn't probably know up until now that I was uh, full-time with the Roscommon ladies too but um, I suppose Gaelic football have been a huge part of my life too. I've been playing it since a young age and um, I have a great love for it too but obviously I put my boxing first um mm -hmm. I suppose the main thing is that boxing, what you win or what you do is you do it, done it yourself. And obviously you have your coaches and a lot of support around you, but you're making the final decision in the end. Uh, but I do love the team sport too. Like just, I'm with, the girls are great. They're a great bunch of girls. Um, so definitely I it'd be hard to give it up fully. I do think our football okay. will always be a big part of my life and um yeah we won the division three league um all ireland there uh, a few months ago so it was nice to get that win because we had been in division three for plenty or i think 12 years so it's about time we um moved up to division two and with the like kind of to the point you made there, Lisa, like so boxing, it's very individualized. Yes, there's a, still a lot of support staff and a team in place, but it's ultimately all geared towards helping and facilitating you. Um, and that obviously can bring focus. It can also bring pressure. How, I mean, in some ways, is it liberating for you in, in terms of being able to like, dip into a team sport and kind of be part of a wider group or like a role within a system or a team? Is that... Is that a little more free at times? Um, do you mean the Gaelic? Is it a bit more free? Yeah, sorry, yes. When yeah. you go, I suppose that transition from an individual sport to a team sport where 
is a little yeah. liberating to have like one position in a wider team where yes you're contributing yes you have to perform but also it's not everyone's eyeballs aren't just staring at you for yeah, three yeah. minutes of three minutes does that make sense yeah yeah um no of course um there definitely would be less pressure i suppose because in the boxing ring i suppose is the the eyes are just on two people um but on the or in the football there's nearly 30 players on the pitch at a time and obviously you have plenty of subs rolling in and out so yeah it would be less pressure but obviously you're still out there to perform and to give it your best and you still have you still want to win you still have that winning feeling so um no definitely there is less pressure because you have a team of players and uh, there's like teamwork and all that support and you do enjoy that like I suppose that camaraderie aspect of it and that kind of the wider connection to a group, is that something that you feel, I suppose, adds to your life personally, but does it also help kind of balance up with boxing and that and the interest in that regard that it helps kind of balance balance it up? Yeah, it probably does help so you're not just straight-minded at the boxing. Like, I do think you have to have something that you can just take your head away a bit, away from it a bit, like... um you're not just fully focused on it 24-7. So it is nice to go and have, I suppose, a bit of crack with the girls and um, take the, obviously have the serious side too because everyone wants to be there on the 31st of July and at the All-Ireland final day. But um, I have the crack and just, yeah, so definitely. Yeah. And your, your plan and expectation is to be part of the team for the remainder of the season and to be part of that championship campaign correct yeah yeah that's um that's the plan anyways um <laughs> nothing's stopping me at the moment so i'll keep going while i can and then on the football side lisa you it's it's something that you've played since you were young and then am i right that you made your senior debut in i think it was 2020 against offaly did i pick that up right yeah yeah um if i read the right if i read the if I read the match report right, you came off the bench and scored a goal within 10 minutes. Yeah. Do you remember kind of that occasion and what that feeling was like? Yeah, um, I suppose it was great honour when Mike Finneran was over them at the time to give me a buzz and uh, ask me to come on board and see how I'd get on because I suppose there was a short season left with COVID and all that. What That happened. So, um, yeah, I know my debut was against Offaly. And I remember, yeah, coming on and I don't I don't remember exactly, but I'm sure it's on record somewhere. But um, yeah, getting the ball and shortly after I had the ball in the back of the net, which was great. Um, we were kind of neck and neck at the time. So I definitely wanted to come on and probably make a try and say I want to be on the starting 15, that kind of way. And mm -hmm. yeah, no, thankfully it was a... A nice debut, I suppose. <laughs> Scoring the goal. And is it ever, is it ever like, like balancing your your boxing commitments and training with Ross Common's team commitments and training? I'm sure you're still dipping in with the club as well when you can. If I'm incorrect, you can tell me that. Is it ever overwhelming trying to juggle all those commitments? Is that ever something that you struggle with? Um, it definitely is a lot of work. Like trying to. I'm probably the type that wants to nearly be in two places at once, even though sometimes you can't. But um, I hate saying no to people and say I can't do this and that. But um, 
I wouldn't with my club at the moment. It's kind of on the same nights as training for county, so that kind of mm-hmm. I'm still getting my football in, so I don't mind as much. But then obviously, um, you do feel a bit if you're just walking back into club and just getting started, even though you're not at the training. But I suppose there is some sort of an exception when you're playing with Roscommon. Um, but yeah, it is hard juggling them, but um, I just organise my week or my weeks and make it work. Like I do think if you organise and plan, you can, Anton, you can make it all work. Like, um, but yeah, no, I, I do. I don't think I like to be kept busy, so um, I, I don't mind it that way. <laughs> and it also sounds like that sport both boxing and from the football perspective, like it sounds like it is something that's had a very positive impact on your life and, and helped you in terms of your formative years and growing as a person. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I know it has been a huge part of my life. Um, even when I was in school, I'd probably be gone with sport most days than I was in the classroom. Like the teachers, you'd always hear them. So it was nice to go back to the school even and they'd all agree saying, oh, Lisa was gone everywhere nearly gone somewhere every week. Like, but um, at least it all worked out, I suppose. But um, then I suppose girls even intend to give up sport uh, when they leave school. Like, and you just probably would like to encourage girls to keep playing sport even when you leave school or find a hobby and try stuff new and find something you love and that you enjoy is the most important part and um, keep putting in the work and you will get results. Did you say, did you say there that you went to, you went back to your old school in the last couple of weeks? Yeah, it was one of the first schools I went to. Yeah. Nice. How, how was that as the, how was that as an experience then? Yeah, it's, I think the first thing I said to them was, I, I left school, well, I was done the leaving cert two years. I got lucky with the predicted grades, thank God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, the first thing I think I said to them was, uh, I didn't think I'd be back here this quick after two years. But, um, no, uh, they've been giving us a great amount of support. Even when Aoife was going to the Olympics, they're always there supporting us and they're always sending their texts and that. So it was nice to go back and to the school and I would play um football with the with the girls, a good few of the girls between the minor girls and the senior girls. So um I do know a lot of them and yeah, it was nice to be back there, I suppose. Um obviously you've been doing the it sounds like you've been doing the tour of Roscommon and maybe further yeah. afield in the last couple of weeks, which you know, in one way, it's like it's a very privileged and nice position to be in, I'm sure, where people want to hear from you. They want to acknowledge your achievements. And so it's when you're talking in those situations, Lisa, and when you kind of have young people's attention, like what are the key messages you, you like to portray to them or get across? Um, I suppose the big thing is, like I said, was just encourage, keep playing sports because um, probably once they go off to college and that, they kind of have an tendency to give it up or start um, fading away from it. And just, um, I suppose, just keep playing it like it does. It nearly keeps you out of trouble too, I suppose, at the same time. But 
um, that again just enjoy like find something you love and that you want to keep working at and um, yeah progress is night and day not by the hands of a clock but through a shift in technology and thinking to the vision of the future that's the road we're on with a range of fully electric Audi e-tron models effortless power performance that recharges the mind exciting new technologies electrifying when you think about it Future is more than a journey. Future is an attitude. Explore the fully electric Audi e-tron range at audi.ie. And how how comfortable have you been, I suppose, com- like been the ultimately the center of attention and if you're standing at the top of classrooms or on stages um co- like I know there was there was a welcome home or a, a welcome home party for you or a homecoming. Like how how comfortable have you been going from kind of going about and doing your thing and training and then kind of belting away and chasing your passion? Whereas I suppose in the last couple of weeks between your football commitments and achievements and your boxing achievements, I'd imagine most times you tip down the road, someone's saying something to you, are they? Yeah, no, um, definitely. There has been plenty of people coming up to me, but um, it is nice to see that they're, they congratulating you yeah, and supporting you because yeah. um, I suppose you do need that support at the same time but uh, yeah I'm not I don't be one for the spotlight either at all the time but um, and sometimes you even want to just keep your head down so you can just keep walking but um, I know it's all part of it I suppose when you get to this level and um, that is the thing you want to inspire people especially young children to to keep working and that it is possible to achieve your goals and your ambitions and uh, put in the work and you'll get rewarded like no it's such a I mean it's such an important message and for someone like someone as embedded and invested in your own community as you are to be able to go and talk to young kids like that I mean it must be such a satisfying feeling for yourself to know that um like ultimately whether it's fully synced in or not you are inspiring more people right now to and your look, your passion and your pursuit has has been boxing, and some may follow in that path, but others may go in different walks of life in sport or or outside of sport, um, as well. And I suppose, like, I was just thinking there, you know, like we spent a lot of this conversation talking about your boxing experiences. We've talked about your Gaelic football experiences, but I suppose away from all that and the sporting side, like, tell us a little bit more about yourself away from away from sport who is who's Lisa work on a day to day what kind of person are you um lisa was uh she's brought up on a farm now since and she has um i suppose i've a lot of love and care for animals and um i suppose there was a fa- my granddad was a huge inspiration to especially to me and Aoife because we were we were very fond of going he was a vet so um, we were very fond of going with him on calls. Um, so we definitely looked up to him a lot because he was extremely hardworking. So that's probably where we do get the motivation to keep working hard. But um, yeah, I know on a normal day, Daddy would have us plenty of jobs lined up. And uh, at the moment now, it'll be the bog these days, which isn't the nicest place, but I suppose it has to be done. Um, but no, the farm is nearly our our place where we wouldn't be if we're not training. 
And like in a way, does that provide like a a safe space or like a positive escapism from sport? Because again, like I know we've talked about sport so much, and it clearly is a huge part of of your identity and athletic identity. Sounds like it's going to be a strong part of your life. But do, like, are you learning that it is important to have kind of other spaces or other pockets like that where you can just relax and kind of be yourself in a relaxed environment as well? Um, yeah, no, definitely. I do think it has to be balanced, an uh, even balance, like between um, your what your career is in, and then obviously you want to be able, especially at my age. There's all my friends are out socializing, and that you want to be able to where you can go out and have the crack with your friends and meet up with them whenever. And uh, yeah, so I do like I do like to be able to do that and go out and see them all and then do the bit of farming when I want as well. Like, just have a bit of leeways on the side. What is, uh, what's, what's physically harder, an hour in the gym or an hour out in the bog? Um, <laughs> probably when you're not used to the bog, now the first day or two is can be a killer when you use muscles, I suppose, you haven't really used in a while. So um, you definitely feel it a day or two after or if not two days but um I know it probably depends on a on a session like a running session is torture like it'll be a killer every time but every session is hard but um that's the way you want it to be but um I don't be a huge fan of the bog but um I still do be met go um and like what do you do then I suppose like what do you do in terms of relaxation and recovery? Like, you, it sounds like, like I'm based on our conversation, it sounds like you're someone who likes and enjoys being on the go all the time and jumping from one train to the next or going from a game to a, to a train yeah. and kind of jump. As you said, if it's if it's meeting Aoife and doing a couple of sessions a day, do you find it hard to, to sit still or to relax or unwind? Is that something that you find challenging? Um. Yeah, like you know, if you ask other athletes a day, could be just relaxing, watching Netflix or something. But my probably recovery would be nearly active recovery of going to okay. swim, going to the pool, or going doing a long walk or a hike or something like that to keep us, just to keep us ticking over. Like, but um, yeah, no, I do like to be kept busy and doing doing something anyways like yeah but then again there is obviously days where there is days I won't lie that you just like want to sit down and do nothing but then some days you just don't have a choice you have to keep going <laughs> yeah and then like I suppose just for clarity as well for anyone listening he said like you're like you're a full-time athlete now right this is like boxing is your full-time job ultimately yeah. is that fair to say yeah, you can say that basically since um, January on now I'll be getting yeah. funded from Sport Ireland. So, yeah, it and was. What, what do you, go ahead, sorry. No, I was just going to say it was one of my, I suppose, short-term goals to uh, be full-time training. And, yeah. And does does Aoife have that status as well? or? Yeah, yeah, she does. She, she does. has it. Brilliant. Yeah. Um. And then I suppose what I was just thinking there is, you know, like you picked up boxing at, at what age? Were you, were you 13 or 14? Yeah, around then, yeah. Uh, 
did Aoife have a role to play in, in that as well? Yeah, um, she probably, she started boxing when I think she was 16. Um, her few of her friends were doing it for the fitness for football. And uh, she'd done it maybe for under the year. And then she brought me along. And uh, she was like, just try it or whatever. Because even mm. myself at the start, I was like, no, I'll never do that. Like, I'll never. So definitely, probably for Aoife, I wouldn't even be doing it today. Like, um, so yeah, I went in one evening and just, yeah, I just thought it was so cool and like, whatever. And kept at it then since. And um, yeah, here I am today then. <laughs> You never would have thought say, of back then. Yeah, I was just gonna say. So it's something that, like, obviously you you took to straight away. Um, I suppose what I was just thinking there I was like, I can I kind of picture if like, you as a young teenager in the gym for the first time, kind of probably being energized by this or like being excited by this. Like, what do you think? 13 or 14 year old you would have said if someone had entered the gym that day and said hey just so you know by the time you're 20 you're going to be a world champion I would have thought they were crazy I would have been like what are you on about like no um I remember going in the first day I was nervous like I I didn't know what to do like but um no if someone said that to me I definitely would have thought they had 10 heads or something they're like, <laughs> wouldn't have belie- believed them. <laughs> and as you, as you soak up kind of the last couple of weeks, and I know you said at the very beginning that trying to jump back in training, and that sounds like that's a good bit of your nature. But I mean, like, are you proud of? Are you proud of what you've you've achieved? Yeah, I, I definitely am. I suppose the last six months have been great for me, but um, I definitely have plenty more I want to succeed as well. And um, yeah, it won't be the end, hopefully not. And just keep training and yeah, getting back and hopefully be back in the ring soon. Amazing. I think I've, I've, I've two more questions that I was going to ask you. So one is, and I suppose, again, I'm just thinking about like those like boys and girls in schools or if it's people listening to this who are in between jobs or careers or kind of not sure where they're going or maybe on a path and haven't felt the rewards of it yet. If you could give, based on your experiences and kind of your your rise through the ranks there, if you could give advice to anyone listening to this podcast, what would what would that one piece of advice be? Um, I suppose never give up and um, whatever your career is, uh, but never give up even if you fail it the first time. Uh, no you can always get it the second time uh, but yeah just keep working hard at whatever you're doing and make sure you're enjoying it and um, have a great love for it and then there will be hard days and there will be good days but um, that's normal and to just keep doing it and yeah <laughs> no thank you for that um I think my, my last one, or I suppose my last question for you that I was just going to say, Lisa, was that like, I suppose just having talked to you for like the guts of an hour now, like you, in some ways you come across like so confident and self-assured in yourself, but also like you also come across very like grounded and and humble. And I suppose is that, where do you think that comes from? Um, and how have you been able to kind of sustain that during 
this last couple of weeks and these last couple of months where everyone's kind of congratulating it. I know I, I read that. I mean, you, you've got a world gold medal, but I think it's right up there with getting the freedom over us common as well. It must be an honour that you never thought you saw coming. But yeah. all just all these honours and I suppose the praise, again, I just go back to that, like the, the confidence and self-assuredness you have, but also then just being grounded and humble. How How is that something you're going to manage and maintain going forward? Um, I suppose just even trying to get back to normality as quick and... I am looking forward to getting back to the high performance in Dublin and getting back to a daily basics and training. But um, yeah, I wouldn't be mad for like going be all round big headed just because I've won. Like, um, I'm not finished yet, so you don't know what could bring on another day. So um, definitely just probably just trying to get back to normality as quick as I can and keep doing a few little jobs for people about and um yeah just getting back training and getting back to going to competition and yeah on my next focus for the competition you said there you're not finished yet and in some ways like in some ways are you do you feel like you're only really getting started yeah definitely and um I suppose people think like, oh, Lisa Rourke won the Worlds or whatever. Like, doesn't mean I'm never going to lose again or I'm never... You have to be nearly just as good as a loser as you are a winner. Um, it has a big part to play in, in sport. Um, the way you react to when you lose. and that, But it should be a way nearly that would make you motivated and eager to get back on and improve and keep working harder and say you don't want to have that feeling again or that kind of way. So just, yeah, but um, definitely. <laughs> no, again, like Lisa, just thanks so much for your for your time, your honesty and insight to on the Players Voice podcast. As I said, like we've been so fortunate with the calibre of people we've talked to via like We've covered stuff from gambling addiction to professional sports in Australia to leadership to, I know we talked to Louise Galvin on becoming a mother, just a, like Kate Keeney around concussion. Just been a whole range of topics and conversations. And I just want to thank you for adding your insight and perspective today because I know like a lot of inter-county players, male and female, have been listening to this and I'm sure they'll relate to your experiences in different ways. And I just want to thank you for your honesty and wish you the best of luck and the summer ahead yeah. with Ross Common, but the, and then also as you move forward into the next phase of, of your boxing and, and pursuing that passion, I wish you nothing but the best of luck. So thank you very much. Thanks very much for having me. I was delighted to be here. The Players Voice podcast is brought to you by the Gaelic Players Association in collaboration with Real Talks. Search the Players Voice on whichever podcast platform you prefer to listen to previous episodes with guests like Tom Parsons, Chloe and Shane Amori, Colin Kilpatrick and Ashling Marr. And while there, you would really be helping us out if you rated or reviewed the show. Don't forget, you can find out more about the GPA's Bio360 program by visiting bio360.gaelicplayers.com. My name is Alan O'Mara, and to find out more about my work as a performance and wellbeing consultant, please go to www.realtalkstudy. Thanks for listening.